Hey guys, welcome to Digital Noir Presents, a podcast loosely based around life in a digital studio. I'm your host Sam, I've got my co-host with me tonight, Nikki Bozic and Pretty Chris, Big D on the boards, and our guest tonight is Stu Simmons from Modernist Adelaide. Modernist Adelaide celebrates Adelaide's mid-century architecture online and through relaxed walking tours. We had a really interesting chat about some of the architecture in and around Adelaide amongst other things. Hope you enjoy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for coming on the podcast, Jude. It's oh, awesome to you. have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, we're actually quite excited about it. Um, I think walking around, so we all, uh, most of us walk up from the train station or walk from somewhere within the city. And since we've, we've been back in the city, in the city for a year now, I think, just started looking around and, and noticing some of these amazing uh, buildings that, that are in the city. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's kind of how this started out, I think, was sort of, and, and I guess almost the mission is to sort of look up and appreciate the everyday that you walk past. Sure. And I think that's probably how it sort of started out. It was my, exactly the same, like sort of wandering around and, you know, just happening to, you know, notice interesting looking buildings. And, you know, we've all got great pockets, in, uh, cameras in our pockets on our, on our phones. And so like snapping the old photo and then thinking, well, I wouldn't mind learning a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, and actually doing a little bit of research into it and so it sort of it, yeah it sort of started initially through that um and and you know posting photos online and um and learning a bit about actually what you're looking at and that's sort of how it's kind of grown from there and in the, into the walking tours and so on sure so let's just jump back a bit so tell us you know what is yeah. modernist I suppose. sure yeah so i guess so, so modernist adelaide is a um is something i run which basically celebrates adelaide's mid-century modern architecture um online and through walking tours through the city um i guess what is modernism um it's it's a style of architecture that became um, quite sort of dominant in the first half of the 20th century and then particularly after World War II um, and I guess it was based on um, principles of new construction technologies that were available so the much more ability to use reinforced concrete and steel and uh, being able to use much bigger sections of glass you know economically and so on yeah. um, but also I think through a desire to move away from um, historical architectural styles of the past and, and to see architecture as something that should be much more functional and honest about what it's doing. So the desire to create buildings that weren't just sort of decorative or ornamental or regurgitating styles of the past, but actually looking at what's the design problem we're trying to solve here mm-hmm. and then um, creating a building that, fun- that, that delivers the functional requirements. Yeah. And then the idea being that sort of beauty would naturally follow from that. So the kind of sure. idea of form following function. So it's like a much more practical approach to kind of building these things? Yeah, and it was quite, um, it, it was almost quite a utopian kind of thing as well in a way. Like it was a belief, you know, a belief... Um, in design, not just in architecture, but in lots of other types of design that was happening yeah. in terms of product design and furniture design and all of that kind of oh, stuff, okay, that cool, design yeah. can be a force for a better society. Yeah. And I think that particularly came out after World War II and, and, and people wanting to create a better a better world. Um, and that's where a lot of that kind of stemmed from. I think a lot of it was then um, going into, you know, like natural light and, and, the, and different construction techniques. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, in, in homes, like in residential architecture, that's a big, big part of it. So a big difference... Um, that you, that you notice in mid-century modern architecture in homes is um, kind of careful orientation of the house on the block to make the most of what the sun's during, doing during the course of the day. So um, having if, having more use of glass, um, if, you, if you've got a north-facing kind of side to the house, have a lot of glass on that side so you can bring in the light in the summertime and have a lot more natural heat coming through that way. And then with the veranda, you'd get natural shading during the summertime. Um, and, all, I, I, and also in houses, I think, um, respecting the landscape a little bit more sure. and, and actually building houses that respond to the block um, and that don't necessarily you know demolish all the existing shrubbery and stuff like that that was there as well it's really interesting like if you look at sort of turn of the century cottages and things like that or a lot of beach shacks you know they've got this i suppose it was just due to constraints construction at the time but these pokey kitchens that are at the back 
and you know no no sort of glass where you'd think there would be glass and you know it's sort of it, it's interesting yeah i really noticed that too because i live in a a, a 1960s uh, house which is like a, a, a an early kind of ab jennings project home okay um and so project homes were homes where basically you could buy the plans from a builder and then you and your mates could go and build it mm. uh, okay. or, or oh, you could cool. get a builder to go and do it so rather than having to go to a, 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 a housing company like most people do these mm. days you go to you know simmons or or, or whoever uh, you can actually um, buy the plans and then work and build it yourself. Yeah. And so this this was one of those sort of... And Australia has an amazing kind of history of those kind of buildings during the 50s and 60s. But I kind of take for granted the fact that there's a lot of glass and uh, a fair mm. bit of natural light for, for what is still like a 50-year-old old small house sure. and then when I go and visit friends in cottages and villas and stuff it's just like God it's, it really is yeah it's, no, it's really dark like you've got, you've got to have lights on all the time yeah. but some of the things that happen with modernist architecture were also in response to limitations and, and okay. but, but actually being more creative and clever with that so you know post-war there was rationing on lots of materials in terms mm. of you know there were commonwealth restrictions on how big a new home could be and you needed yeah. a special permission to get anything bigger yeah. than that limitations on how much bricks or wood or whatever you you could use okay. so a lot of designers actually and people didn't have a lot of money yeah. and so a lot of designers actually was, came up with things like open plan and some of those types of things to oh, actually create so. more space in a limited footprint and yeah. so that and so what started out as kind of a functional kind of solution ended up becoming a sort of an aesthetic and people embraced yeah, this open sure. plan kind of living rather than sort of boxy little rooms mm-hmm. so yeah, right. yeah it's funny how that kind of one I'm thing kind to of, solve that kind of yeah, weird problem by you know, making it a good thing I guess yeah so a lot of these houses mine included are actually really small when you look at the square mm-hmm. meters but they don't feel small because that they've been sort of cleverly designed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can really do that with space, can't you? I mean, I think you don't need to have a huge sort of floor plan or huge area of space to make something feel open and Absolutely. Airy. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, you know, bigger houses, you know, can actually be really wasteful with that space. And you see them occasionally with this, this is random landing on the, on the yeah. halfway up the stairs. That there's nothing really you can do with it, but it's just a lazy, like no one's bothered to actually figure out a better way to use that space. Yeah. So, so why modernist? Like, you, know, you have an architectural background? or No, not at all. I mean, my background, I've always sort of worked more in kind of communications and marketing and that okay. sort of side of things but I've always had a love of um, design I guess um, and, and I've loved that period of um, design not only architecture but um, like furniture design graphic design sure. quite, yeah. I love a lot of the jazz and music from that kind of period and stuff as well yeah. um, and I think it's just you know as you go through life you just keep learning more and more about it and I think um if you've got an interest in architecture, you, you learn about people like Frank Lloyd Wright and some of those sort of big names. Mm. But then you, you know, I became more and more interested in, you know, well, who are the Australian architects of this yeah, sort of yeah. period? So people like Harry Seidler in, in Sydney is sort of reasonably well known and okay. Robin Boyd in Melbourne. But yeah, I think in, in sort of looking at more and more of these buildings around Adelaide, I, I think most of those architects are not, a, not household names at all. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting to me to sort of, yeah, to sort of learn a bit more about that. And many of them actually interacted with, those bigger names interstate or even overseas. Okay. And so some of them, you know, did time with Walter Gropius, who was one of the founders of modernism in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just all this stuff you'd never know. So it's sort of fascinating kind of uncovering it a bit. So, yeah. I must admit, like in research, this because there's a lot of buildings that, uh, I don't know them by name, that sort of walk into the city. And I think it's probably the, the, the older buildings that grab my attention. You look up and you sort of see... Um, what's the one that's been repainted recently with the, the travel one on uh, is it on Perry Street? Oh, yes. Yeah, the Bunnicks Travel one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
things like that, and you sort of look up and go, oh, okay. And the one in, in Grenfell, I know there's the modernist one in Grenfell yeah. Plaza, but the uh, the older, the, the turret. In yeah, the stock, the former stock, stock exchange. Yeah. yeah, from 1901. Things like that that just kind of yeah. pop out at you. And yeah, absolutely. We actually did a um, a tour of Parliament House uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, great. Um, and heard about the history of that building, and you know, so half of it was built um, in the 1800s, and then they didn't build the other half until I think 1950s. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's still bits that are unfinished to it as mm. well. And yeah, that's right. I think it was planned to be taller. And yeah, it's, yeah. So they they actually planned to have this huge kind of turret on yes. the, in the middle of it. Um, yeah, so uh, which yeah. would have been amazing, but uh, yeah, it's worth yeah. doing that tour actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a free tour, um, so that's great. And we, uh, we've just had you know the history festival that has a lot of that sort of stuff okay. on during during the month of May, um, which is great and a great opportunity to learn more about that and tunnels under the city and all mm. sorts of stuff. Yeah, so wow. yeah, it's cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is there um, is there rooms like in the turret, or is that just kind of just a sculpture? Yeah. Uh, what, what turret? What do you mean on the top of the Parliament the, House? Yeah, on the you know the. Oh, do you mean on, no, on the stock exchange? Do you mean? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That that goes all the way up. So that's you can, and you can actually get in there and see it reasonably easily because it's um, it was restored um, five or six years ago mm-hmm. uh, with quite a bit of government and other other money, and, and okay. so now it's uh, occupied by RIOs, which is like the Royal Institute, and they're like a mm-hmm. science promotion kind of agency. Okay, yeah. and they've got um, a, a number of those heritage rooms you can hire for functions or people using for meeting rooms, and they've got one of them's a little museum around South Australian scientists like Bragg. And stuff okay. so it's not that hard to go in there during office hours and have a bit of poke around yeah, it's, cool. it's, pretty, it's a it's beautiful building yeah yeah so um just jump back where I, I lost my train of thought talking about buildings but looking at some of the modernist buildings because i didn't you know off the top of my head i didn't really know what modernist was and yeah. it, it's quite interesting because i think a lot of the buildings are ones that i, I was actually driving down a northeast road the other day and looking at the abc building and oh, thinking classic. like yeah yeah and it, it's interesting because you know I've, I've seen that building my whole life kind of growing up with it it's always you know if, i'm not going to say i saw but it's you know this this big kind of monolith of a building yeah. nothing around it but then looking at it through like a, a lens of the you know the, the 60s or 70s when it was built and even looking at photos from back then it is, it is actually quite amazing yeah it is and it's an, i mean it's an interesting one for a couple of counts in that its location represents a government policy at the time of decentralization okay, and of like sure. deliberately building larger buildings and government offices outside the city so instead of oh, city okay. fringe suburbs so that's why you get things like the um the former um, electricity trust building on green hill road which yep. is now the air apartments Sure. Yeah. There was a buildings department, highways department building on in Walkerville, which is now a boutique hotel as well. Yep, sort sure. of quite tall buildings. The Watson, yeah. yeah, the Watson yeah. one, yeah. yeah. And and the ABC was another one, and that was planned for quite a while. Like it took, probably took nearly ten years from you know initial designs in the sixties through to when it was actually built. Yeah. But then, yeah, the other thing is that is that it that sort of um, I guess what's known as brutalism, um, which sure. is a, which is a kind of style of uh, architecture that is based on this sort of raw kind of unfinished concrete and prefabricated concrete panels that are. Mm sort of poured off site and then trucked in and assembled on site um, and it, you know references a kind of French term beton brut was around which is around that unfinished concrete okay. um, and that, and there's tons of those kind of buildings around Adelaide once, mm-hmm. once you actually sort yeah. of open your eyes yeah, to there it really is. there really is yeah. and especially around the CBD it became a really dominant style mm-hmm. of architecture yeah, sure. um, around Adelaide yeah. Um, but yeah I love that one yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing with the, the, the kind of the grid patterns that you get um, on the facade and then the, the little the kind of auditorium thing off to the right as well which is like a sure. um, orchestral rehearsal it was initially the rehearsal studio for the symphony orchestra and then but it's all it's also been at the studio for um 
concert recordings and stuff mm. like that as well. So, so. What, what year did that go up? Do you know? Or I think it was about yeah. 73, 74 okay. by the time it went up. Yeah, yeah. But initial plans go back to about 67, I think. Um, been, I mean, yeah. you know. so, was that unpainted recently? Like painted? No, that's, that, that's it. No, now, they've, they've spruced up the... Um, they they put, put a new portico in, like a new entrance in. Okay. But they haven't... They've, it's reasonably sympathetic. It looks it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, that one that was painted, which is a shocker, is... Um, on King William Street, there's a building called the IMFC building, which is on the corner of Hindley Street and um, oh, yeah. uh, King William Street. Okay. And there the was Mar- a maroon one, is it? Yeah, and that was originally just like that, like mm. just exposed concrete. Mm-hmm. And I remember about ten years ago, they painted it white and maroon, like completely oh, inexplicably. Yeah. And at the time, I used to work in the Westpac Tower, um, mm-hmm. and I remember looking down on it, thinking, "What are you no, doing? Yeah. Like, what? A, you're just completely disfiguring this building, mm-hmm. and B, it's a complete waste of money, and mm-hmm. it's going to look awful. Yeah. And it's going to look terrible in a year or so." Mm-hmm. When it yeah, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, and it's a challenge for this up. architecture. Where often it's um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's it's um, it's often not just around demolition of these types of buildings in terms of you know heritage concerns. It's often actually just the disfiguring of them. It, it's yeah, 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 and you and you see that with houses in the yeah. suburbs as well. Yeah, lots get knocked down, but also lots just get horrifically you know vandalized in the in the spirit of thinking they're trying to improve it. So. Yeah, it's absolutely oh, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. bizarre. Is is there much in the, like in this area, sort of fifties to to seventies? Is there much in terms of being able to preserve the buildings or? It's a really difficult topic. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of protections in. I think if you know, I think for buildings of any period, um, the p- protections available aren't very strong. And and it's you sure. know, it's just only in the last couple of weeks we've seen in North Adelaide, you know, a failure of a number of buildings that that, that sort of um, heritage protection okay. didn't get it. Um, and so and and look, even frankly, the government has powers to overturn heritage protections if if, if they want to, if a strong enough case has been made. And look, I, I see both sides of the story in terms of you know what people are trying to do with the property they own. And, sure. And, and that, I, I get that. Um, I think this is a period of architecture that's probably pretty underappreciated by the average mm. person. Yeah. And I think most people would walk along and look at the Mayfair Hotel or something and think, oh, yeah, God, of course you should protect that. It's beautiful. Yeah. But they might not walk past the MLC building or one of those kind of buildings and realise mm. its significance architecturally. Mm. Um, and I think, as I say, often it's the, it's the unsympathetic renovation. So most of the buildings that I do on my tour um, we, we don't go into them because there's not a lot to see so, sure. so the original foyers and stuff like that don't oh, exist sure, anymore yeah. they've been completely it's kind of the outside yeah because, just because there's not much to see because mm-hmm. it's, it's all been completely you know redone probably several times over yeah so tell us a bit more about the tour and sort of yeah. how it's structured. Yeah, so the tours um, uh, run for a bit over an hour um, and I deliberately wanted them to be fairly accessible, um, like a fun thing to do for about an hour, not necessarily a really long, you know, tedious kind of academic thing or something that even goes for, you know, long distance. So anyone of any kind of ability can do it. We have people in wheelchairs and stuff, totally cool, easy, awesome. kids, totally fine. Um, and, and it's really just a few city blocks. So we start up at um, uh, the Cafe Crack Kitchen, which is up on Franklin sure. Street just on the western side of um, Victoria Square um, good place to start as a cafe that in itself was a, um, a really early modernist building in Adelaide it was a, a former Bank of Adelaide branch okay. um, oh, cool. from, built in 1955 and the cafe layout actually follows um, the look of it inside is kind of similar to what the bank actually was so the way that the ca- the bar is is oh, where the okay. bank tillers were and stuff and oh, okay, you right. can, you can, yeah. yeah you can see the original um, the original secure room and safe is now a toilet and stuff like oh, that really? so it's a really really cool building yeah. um, so we start there and we look at a couple of buildings there um, that are all from the 50s so that one um, the Ironsbury College building next to it um, which is a late 50s building um, 
former um, Finance Corporation of Australia building, which was actually a subsidiary of, of the Bank of Adelaide. Okay. And then Faraway House, which is just to the west of it, which was another sort of early 50s building um, uh, that was an old uh, 1880s store that was renovated in the 50s. Okay. Um, and that was actually part of a trend at the time where lots of buildings had their facades redone in time for Queen Elizabeth's visit to Adelaide sure. in 1954. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so all these places got, the whole city got very spruced up for yeah, that. Yeah. So we talk a bit about modernism. We look at those three and then we kind of make our way down Flinders Street. So we go down a bit further, look at the um, the former MLC building, which is uh, on the corner now called Beacon House, okay. um, which is a really significant um, building as one of the very first full curtain wall buildings um, in Australia. So curtain wall means that instead of the walls being structural, so like bricks and stone, actually holding up the walls and holding up the roof, um, they they're, they're not. They're just they're just there to keep the air. That's the, basically keep people in the building. Instead, they use piles, concrete piles that are driven into the ground, mm-hmm. um, and the floors and the structural frame will come off that. And that's now the completely the normal way that. Uh, skyscrapers are built but yeah yeah, that was the very first one of its type in South Australia and one of the very very first in Australia Um, so quite you know even though that's a classic one that people will walk past and barely give a second look Mm. to or they might think oh it's a bit of an old 50s building but actually actually very um, significant um, historically I find it really interesting looking at them in situation when they're built because they they, they do feel really really modern and kind of like you know it would have been wow look at that you know completely different like all that glass so much glass yeah yeah it would have been such a you know I think um, a lot of traditionalists would have kind of shaken their heads in horror as they saw something like <laughs> yeah. that going up yeah sure um, but it was yeah it was a really brave new world um, you know for construction technology and it really challenged a lot of you know planning and, uh, uh, and principles and a lot of stuff in the city at the time um, so yeah we talk about that and then we move along across the square to the former Reserve Bank building um, which is where the Blafari Cafe is yeah Flinders University are there now yep. so really interesting building um, in terms of its uh, its structure and its use of a local uh, architectural consultant from the Uni of Adelaide okay. in, in consultation with the Reserve Bank's own uh, architects and it's got all sorts of interesting features like the, the facade has a slight concave curve to it it's got this kind of floating roof on the top which is interesting and then this is, that, is the floating roof original that was always yeah. there yeah, yeah, that was always there, and that was always deliberately to sort of contain all the things that are on top of the roof, like the um, the, t- the tank rooms and the, the lift control rooms and stuff like that. They're usually pretty messy, um, just to give that a neater kind of look. Um, and then there's this great sort of two-story screen that goes around the first to the second floor, um, which is fantastic. It's called a Brie Soleil um, uh, kind of screen, which is which is beautiful. So that's that's a classic one, I reckon. That I obviously work just around the corner from it, sure. and every time I walk past it, just love it. Always sort of presents something new to me, is something really interesting, and the way the light falls on it and stuff is is fantastic. And there's a few, there are a few original features in there where when they restored the ground floor and they put in the cafe, which used to be the, the Reserve Bank, sure. um, they actually kept some of that marble, and there's a great sort of illuminated ceiling and stuff. So some of that sort of Mad Men kind of feel well, is still that, in it's there. It's quite airy and sort of yeah. big in there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and someone I know works in there on level four and she was telling me that the um, the original Reserve Bank Governor's boardroom and dining room is still in there. So okay. I, I oh, went in yeah, and had wow. a look and it had all this beautiful very kind fancy. of... Yeah yeah, 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 timber joinery and like very sort of Danish kind of 60s stuff in there that's all still there, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, and, then, and so then we go into the 70s and, and look at more of these brutalist kind of buildings. So the education yeah. department um, building on the corner of um, Flinders and Gawler Place yep. and then double back up to the Colonel Light Centre, which is uh, the City of Adelaide's offices these days. So yeah. on, the, on, the, on the corner... Oh, sorry, on um, Peary Street. Um, and then look, look at a couple more and then finish up at the Grenfell Centre, um, uh, the Black Stump Building, sure. uh, which is a real sort of pure kind of modernist, international mm-hmm. style kind of building. But it looks really similar to buildings by um, people like Mies van der Rohe, who was a really prominent architect of that period yeah. as well. So, yeah, 
So it's great. So we managed to sort of look through, in the course of an hour, quite a few different styles. Mm -hmm. And we probably cover quite a few of the major firms, architectural practices of that time, which is good. So part of what I do is talk a bit about them and talk a bit about the people and the firms and and their their kind of place and the types of things that they were doing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, internationally as well. How did you go about, I suppose, going from, you know, having this appreciation to studying a a walking tour? Yeah, it was, I think it was a couple of factors. I think... uh, getting more and more interested in the history as I just did a bit of research. But then I think I think the light bulb moment was um, there's a festival architecture that's held every two years here around October and they did a tour of uh, the Deep Acres Apartments, which are on Melbourne Street. Yep. And they're probably arguably the, one of the very first modernist buildings in Adelaide. They were built in 1942. Okay. Um, and they're beautiful little whitewashed U-shaped kind of um, apartments that are two-storey, three-storey apartments down the kind of hospital end, the Frame Street end. Um, and so, and there was a guy who lives in one of them who um, um, did this tour, and it just made me. Th- I, I, he did a great job, and it just made me think, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, sort of reasonably, you know, developing kind of nerdy kind of knowledge in this kind of area, um, and yeah, I just thought it could be a kind of fun thing to try. And then the other factor that came together with it was the fact that um, the comedian Tim Ross, who um, who is an absolute um, passionate advocate for this kind of type of architecture, so Rosso, he sure. um, he did a show. Um, series last year on the ABC called Streets of Your Town, which yep. is all about Australia's sort of project mm-hmm. homes, a bit like mine, mm-hmm. and the architects of that period. Um, and so he does ho- he does shows in people's houses. So, okay. so he, he and his friend um, Kit Warhurst, who's the, who was from Rocket Science, the band, yeah. um, they, they basically do these kind of comedy shows in mid-century houses. Mm-hmm. And so they go in there, mm-hmm. they take it over for a couple of days and they do a few shows. And my wife happened to get talking to someone from the Institute of Architects who, about it and she was doing a gig with them. And I said, oh, we often you know help him find places and they said well maybe you should come to our place and so that all kind of came together so he did he did four shows at our place in late October and so I kind of I think I figured well there's a captive audience here of about 200 people over the course of the four shows who who would like this stuff and they're here partly because he's really entertaining and funny but mostly because they're interested in this architecture that's cool so it's a perfect uh, way to hand out flyers to 200 people and he was really supportive (laughs) with you know encouraging people to get along to it so it kind of built up a bit of an instant following through some of the, you know, just through social media, through the photos and the information I was posting, that those events. And then, yeah, and then the tours have just grown from there. So did the first ones in November. Um, and they and I, it was something that I never really knew how big an appetite there would be for it. Sure. But yeah, it's just grown and grown. And it's an, it really interesting. I've done 10 now. Um, had about 250 people through them. It's been invited to various festivals like the History Festival, the Institute of Architects um, invited me along to one of their open day things to do stuff um even been a bit part of tasting australia as well so it's yeah it's it's sort of managed to i think fill a bit of a gap that no one was really doing Mm. and there's definitely an appetite for it and it's like anything you've just got to get out there and market it and i think in the the beauty of social media is you can just do that so easily as just straight content marketing of just like you know publish an interesting photo and a bit of information and and you just sort of build an audience that way and it's it's been fantastic I think it's one of those things, you know, I think tourists coming to Adelaide, like when we did that um, Parliament House tour the other day, it's it's not, you know, it's not something that I didn't, well, didn't know existed, but, you know, it's not something that I probably would have jumped at doing, but once you you see the history and there's all these hidden interesting things that are around the place and it's, it's, you know, it's on paper you might think oh okay well I don't know if I want to do that but you jump in you're like wow this is really really interesting yeah it it is absolutely and 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 
Yeah, and I've certainly talked to the SA Tourism Commission about it as well, and mm. they're really they love it. And you know, I know like the city council are quite into promoting the heritage of the city as a, as something, and, and sure. they're doing some quite good measures to support that as well. So yeah, it's it's often the kind of thing you go if you go to a European city, you might do a walking tour, yeah, but you don't often you don't often think about doing it. It's like how often when was the last time you went to the museum in your hometown sure. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun, and I, and I think things like. The history festival are good because they just bring that a little bit more prominently um, to people each year. Where if there's a you know program that's in the paper and you just flick through it and you go, oh, actually, that looks kind of cool. So, yeah, so it's been great. So it's been really, really, really good fun, and I met a lot of interesting people through it as well, which has been great and sort of helped build other connections and other other things. Hopefully for, for the future, which has been really good. Has your experience in public relations and marketing helped? I suppose build the build the brand and. Yeah, it probably has. Yeah. I, I think, and I think it's like anything. It's the stuff I would totally take for granted as pretty common sense. Sure. It's definitely not common sense to other people. So, you know, I've had, um, you know, like academics, for example, who are interested in this kind of thing. So, God, it's amazing how you've got this going. You know, I've tried to get things like this going, and they've approached, but they've approached it in a really different kind of way, oh, sure. like a more academic. And there's yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with that. They're far more qualified than I am. Sure. But, but trying to do it through a college or something, yeah. you probably wouldn't think of going to a college to go and do a walking tour, whereas to, no. to their mind, they think, well, that's, that, that makes sense to them. So I think, yeah, I think having a bit of that background and enough of, enough of an understanding of the basic tools of the trade I think probably has helped. And yeah, I mean, obviously I you know, do writing and stuff for a job. So all of that comes you know, fairly naturally. Um, so if you combine you know, reason, you know, what you kind of know reasonably well with something you're interested in, I think, yeah, it's worked really well. And the photography aspect of it has been quite fun in that that sort of, again, it's just you know, snaps off the camera and playing around with it sure. and stuff. But that, that has been an enjoyable part of it as well, of like you know, presenting almost a, a different angle to something, a building that you might walk past all the time. Yeah. Um, it's like, where's that? Oh, right, yeah, there's that. And you actually see it in a, through a different kind of way, which has been fun. So There's a great um, local photographer, I don't have my phone on me, um, that's been taking shots of, uh, of Adelaide recently from rooftops, but he's got oh, really wow. like, um, it's almost like a Blade Runner-esque kind of like a ah. lighting choice. I don't, I don't know if, if he mm. post-processes nice. stuff or if it's just like the way he sort of does long exposures, but he's got yeah. a lot of blues and reds and yeah. I'll, I'll find the link. In, but it's a, for, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I don't yeah. have my yeah. phone on I me. Mean, I can't remember. Yeah. It's just, I just popped into my feed, yeah, but yeah, there's, a, there's a view of like the... Um, State Bank, whatever the State Bank's called yeah, these days. Sure. Yeah. Um, from above, looking down on it. You wouldn't, I mean, if you didn't see the, whatever the logo is on it, you wouldn't yeah. really know that it was Adelaide. It's yeah. really cool. Just yeah. the colours, or has it got like a kind of cyberpunk feel as well? It's got a bit of, it's got that kind of cyberpunk feel yeah, to it. Yeah, just, sure. I, think, I think it's just night shots, though, just sort of, yeah. you know, the way that it's been composed. I don't think it's yeah. pretty. It's yeah, that's great. And that's, and that's, oh, that's, I love that kind of stuff. Of just, and it helps you just see your city in a different kind of way as well, yeah, which right. is great. So, yeah. yeah. And speaking of photos, uh, I think last week I posted up a photo of the sculptor and David Jones. Yes. Um, yeah. I yeah, remember that. that as a kid. I walked past today and it's not there. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I had heard they were planning to relocate it, but it's I haven't, I didn't know. Yeah, that guy. Uh, What's the. Yeah, it's called Progress, I think. Can you check, check me your phone? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so that that Instagram account is uh, Jake Wondersits, but um, right. Oh, cool. Yeah, isn't that great? Awesome. Yeah, the colours of uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. long exposure. Yeah. But yeah, it's fantastic. But all these, um, you got from the top of the Torrance Bridge. Yeah, all these all these angles are. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. There's some amazing. I mean, and again, social media is so fantastic. I, th- I think that was the one I saw originally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, great colours. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Beautiful. Yeah, giving you access to that kind of stuff so easily is fantastic yeah do do that 
Um, yeah, so the sculpture's gone. So they're relocating. I it? had heard so that because I posted. I posted a picture of that. Um, I don't know, six months ago, mm. and someone commented saying, "I think they're planning to move." It, it which is literally been taken down. Its feet were still there. It's it's probably because <laughs> they're punching windows into that building. So okay. that building was originally the oh, Burke's okay. department store, and then qu- quickly became the David Jones, um, designed by Hassel and Partners in the early '60s, and and it was a bit of a landmark building because it was the first windowless department store. Okay, um, and that was something really new of like deliberately sort of keeping you inside and. And, oh, and, sure. and creating it, controlling the yeah. environment inside, which became more and more common. What year was that built, sorry? Uh, it was early 60s, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, uh, But over time, that's been compromised. And so they've been, and because I get it, it's not for as it's been reused and it's no longer a department store, maybe people do want windows. So, sure. so they've yeah. been punching windows in the top couple of floors. And I wonder if the reason they yeah. got rid of the sculpture was to punch more windows into it. Mm. So, yeah. So that's all. It, it's, a, yeah, it's interesting. And, and I really find all of the art of that period really interesting because you know, the use of public art with these buildings was a really common trait of modernism as well and okay. sort of cre- you know often trying to create a space that connected with art that connected with a bit more public space yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So the Grenfell Centre is a good example of that with things like the fountain and the plaza yeah, and sure. retail and that, you know, laneways that connect up the streets and stuff. Um, but it's really hard to find that stuff. Like That's my, almost my favourite detective where it's sort of like stumbling across some cool you know 60s art installation on a, uh, against a marble wall in a, in a in an office building there's a great one on King William Street in the National Mutual Building um, because so many that stuff's the first stuff to go because it looks dated sure. to a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. and there was one that was on the back of the old AMP building which was on um the corner of um, King William Street and North Terrace, op- opposite the uh, TKW yeah. one, sure, sure, sure. Um, so opposite Parliament House, um, which again has been completely reclad and disfigured from its original kind of 60s look. And that had a, an amazing sculpture that was then relocated to the Stock Exchange building that we were talking about before. Okay. But that's now gone as well. And so, yeah, these are detective trails. Of, oh, where do these <laughs> things end up? Because they're, they're kind of all part of it. And when you see buildings like in Sydney where that stuff's all still there, it's just such a, you get such a good period feel for what it's all about yeah sure um, so they, again it's one of the shame that you lose some of those things so sometimes. I think that's a big part of it that a lot of them seem to have been clad or painted and they, they, yeah. they just, you don't really if you didn't understand what it was once you know what it looked like and what it was for it's sort of just lost to you. Oh, massively. Like, so, go down King William Street, so many of them have, like the mm. AMP, this National Mutual one I was saying about as well. And there's nothing really wrong with them to start with. Like, the AMP one, really clean, white marble, all the way out, like, really nice looking building. Like, it's not, I, I don't know, even so, if a, a set of eyes that doesn't really appreciate that period, I don't think you can say there's anything particularly offensive about it. And yet, it's just covered in all this sort of cladding. And yeah, it just, it just, I find it really odd in that. Yeah, again, I just think, why do you want to spend all that money on that? Like, I could totally understand why you would refit interiors to be yeah, sure. for the modern workplace and technology, yeah, yeah. of course. Like, but yeah, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Why did you just drop a million dollars on making something look really ugly? It just <laughs> it baffles me. Yeah. <laughs> so, if we, what's like a what's a hidden gem? What's the around the, in in the CBD or in Adelaide that you know, people maybe might not know about? Yeah, I definitely say the Reserve Bank is a good one to take a second look at. So that's that's the uh, it's a well, I think it was called 182. I think it is um, Victoria Square. So the corner of um, Flinders Street and Victoria Square. Okay. A lot of really interesting detailing on that one in terms of the, um, you know, even what you can see on the ground floor. There's a great little sculpture there by Norma Redpath on the Flinders Street side that's like been to like the um, uh, Venice Biennale in the 60s and wow. stuff. Like oh. great, all these great stories to oh, it. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, that floating roof and the concave facade and stuff. I think that's definitely a favourite. Um, there are some pretty amazing ones around Adelaide Uni as well. Um, so something I'd probably oh, okay. like to do um, uh, is a, is a walk around Adelaide Uni looking at their modernist buildings so like, I'd like to do 
further walks than just this one that I sort of see this as just a starting point so sort of been in discussions with them about that and obviously I can't just walk in and do it as private property yeah, so yeah. having a chat with them and they're up for it so we're just working out how we can make yeah, it work yeah I imagine work. they'd love it right yeah but you look at some of those buildings like on the Kinsor Avenue side which mm-hmm. used to be the teachers college like the Schultz building sure. the Scott yeah. Theatre some of the detailing on the Scott Theatre is, is mm-hmm. insane it's just beautiful so you walk in there and you think you've just walked into some like Palm Springs kind of thing yeah. it's, it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um, just tucked away you know just off North Terrace so yeah, yeah. There's definitely some gems around, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool to do it. We actually were looking at um, like the Napier building today, but then yeah. looking at the, the Jubilee Hall that was there before, which yeah. we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting, there are these things that are in the past that you just... You know, yeah, absolutely. I know, yeah. and that's the cycle of it, isn't it? Because, you know, yeah. it seems like tragic that the that the exhibition hall was, you know, sure. demolished to make way for a car park, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's just insane. Um, but then, you know, at the time, it was derelict, it was run down, people didn't, mm. you know, yeah. Uh, and then and then that building that replaced it with the Napier building has probably become one of the more hated um, mm. kind of modernist <laughs> buildings, I reckon, around Adelaide. <laughs> and yet now, there's a newfound appreciation for what it was. It's yeah. very early. I mean, that was, that was started its design in the late 50s and yeah, it wow. was built over several stages so the, the lower Napier the three story bit was built first in the late 50s and then mm-hmm. the tower in the early 60s um, but yeah you know of, of, of certainly of its time and um, and the university's done quite a cool job with actually celebrating that so there's the beautiful mosaic kind of mural just near there yep. of that period which is cool and there's a Henry Moore bronze sculpture on the lawns which is amazing like one of the only Moors you know in Australia um, so it's, it's it, you know they definitely appreciate that um, so I think yeah you could have a good hour walking around there as well that'd be cool yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I check it out. <laughs> so you're into jazz, is that you said before? Oh uh, yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, certainly, yeah. Of that, uh, particularly that kind of 50s and 60s kind of period. Okay. I think a lot of the, you know, it's just yeah, a lot of the experimentation of that time. And um, you know, I think I, I play the drums myself, and, okay. and I have no jazz ability whatsoever. I've always been a sort of bashing kind of rock drummer, yeah. and so I've got a huge um, uh, admiration for just the technical ability that these guys have, mm. and uh, and so much it was based on improvisation and stuff, and they just sort of like you know start on an E and then noodle away it's and it's just like it? Jesus that's amazing so yeah. Um, so yeah I, I do love a lot of that and, and I think it just there's an atmosphere to that music as well that's sort of a bit of the time which is kind of interesting as well yeah so, sure yeah yeah absolutely yeah awesome oh well uh, thanks so much for coming down today it's been a pleasure, pleasure chatting about the uh some of the architecture, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll have to get out for a tour. When, when are the when are the yeah, next yeah. tours happening? Yeah, so the next, so taking us a, a little bit of a break over the winter, just because the weather's pretty unreliable, and sure. I've been really yeah, lucky yeah. that I haven't had to cancel any. But I think it's probably be pushing my luck if I did any right now. So yeah. the next one will be it's it's up online if people are interested. Um, if you want to find out more, just um, look up Modernist Adelaide. It, just Google it or on Facebook and Instagram. There are accounts. Awesome. Um, the um, uh, next one's on the Sunday, the twenty sixth of August. Okay. Um, and but that also comes coincides with a Sala exhibition that I'm doing so um, as part of the sort of Sala Arts Festival mm-hmm. um, doing an f- exhibition of photographs um, at Crack Kitchen um, sure. on, on, oh, cool. on Franklin Street which should be which should be great fun so that, that'll run all through August um, so probably about a dozen or so photos of um, Adelaide's modernist buildings so your, your photos? yeah yeah, yeah. so, oh, so cool. yeah that opens on the 2nd of August runs all month and then we'll have a walk kind of as part of that on the 26th so oh, wow. yeah so there's lots to look forward to there it should be great yeah, fun nice. mm-hmm. yeah. is that booked out already have you sold all the tickets that one's going all right i mean normally they do go quite quickly Mm. i think the fact that this one's a few months away um is probably half booked so there's there's plenty of tickets left if people are keen awesome stick it in the diary yeah Yeah. Yeah. definitely 26th of august (laughs) all right no worries oh thanks so much for coming down pleasure thanks very much for having me cheers thanks see ya see you guys hey guys sam here again thanks for listening 
um, if you wanted to check out any of the walking tours that Stu does, you can hit him up on Facebook at Modernist Adelaide, on Instagram at Modernist Adelaide as well. Um, you can also find him at brinkproductions.com. And if you want to book tours, you can do that through Eventbrite. As always, if you enjoy listening, please hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>